Hello, welcome to the My Salisbury podcast, brought to you by Spirecast, producers of professional audio and live video content in Salisbury. Hi, my name's Andy Munns, and welcome to the My Salisbury podcast, where we talk to local people who live in and around Salisbury. We'll delve into their lives and what they love about our fair city. This week, I'm joined by Joe Broom. Joe is the managing director of There For You, director at the Chamber of Commerce and a Salisbury City councillor. Hi, Joe. Thanks for joining us. Hi there, Andy. Thank you for inviting me. So can you tell me a little bit about There For You and the services that you provide? Yes, of course. So we are um, an agency that provides care for people in their own homes. Um, Primarily, that is elderly people, but we do provide um, care for for younger people if they need it to, to help support them. And really our aim is to maintain people's independence and, and help them to stay at home for as long as possible. And your background is in nursing. So when you were starting the business, was running your own business a natural step for you or was it something that that created some fear initially? <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't say it was a natural step. I I stepped away from a 30-year career in the NHS, which, you know, was quite sort of safe, if you like. Um, And I'd worked my way up to to quite a senior role. Um, And so it it was quite a a big leap of faith, really. Um, And I'm so glad that I had Dana, my daughter, alongside me to do it. Um, And, you know, without her, I don't think it would be the success that it is today. So you very, the two of you very much work as a team and bring different skills. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. She's, she's the sensible one. And I'm the one that runs around having all these madcap ideas and <laughs> she reins me back in. <laughs> I'd imagine that um, being from a caring background and um, the kind of personality traits that come with that must be quite hard to, to rein yourself in from wanting to help people and realise that you're also running a business. Yes, and I would say that's probably one of the mistakes that we made uh, initially. Um, and, you know, every, although I think every mistake is a, is a learning curve, and I do honestly feel that, that we have learned as we, we've gone along. Um, you know, neither of us had run a business before. Um, so everything we did, you know, we did with the best of intentions. Um, some of them worked, some of them didn't. Um, but I think that's just helped us to grow. Do you think you have a better business because of those mistakes? Definitely. Absolutely. 100%. So would that yeah. be a, a good bit of advice to someone who was maybe looking to start their own business? Don't be afraid of making mistakes. No, I, I that's absolutely, I think, probably the number one advice. Yeah, you, you will make mistakes. You know, you, you absolutely will. But it's it's about sitting down around the table and looking at, at why it didn't work how you will do it better next time. So how does the business look now? How, how, how much care are you providing in and around Salisbury? And how, how does that work staff-wise? And mm. is, are there challenges now that you never expected? Uh, yes, I think there are. Um, I think that we, we know we provide a lot of hours a, a week of care to our clients. Um, and they have some of them have very specific needs, which we have to, you know, adapt to. Um, and balancing that with a workforce that, um, you know, may have specific needs around childcare and hours that, that they can work. Uh, it's a huge balancing act. <laughs> and, um, you know, we, we get it right most of the time, I think. Um, but care isn't easy. Um, and I think we, 
we recognise that, obviously. Um, but equally, if you come into it, you, you have to give it your all. Um, it's more than than just a job. And I think some people come into it initially not realising that and the, the commitment that's needed. I guess that's the same with all all caring and kind of social care yes. jobs. It's far yeah. more than just a job. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. Um, what's the part of the business that you're most proud of? Oh, gosh, that's that's an interesting one. Um, I think, well, really, I think it's about the reputation that, that we've built, um, that people, you know, we, we have uh, inquiries by the day um, for care and those almost 90% of those have been based on a recommendation from someone else. Um, and that's a really sort of, proud feeling when someone says oh you know um my friend who uses your services has said you know that you're so good and you know i'll be safe and well looked after with you you know that that's amazing it's a really nice positive affirmation that you're doing things right i suppose it is yes so the covid19 pandemic has must have affected your business in the way that you operate in lots of ways Mm. um how how have you coped what have you done differently and and what lessons have you learned about your business that you may not have learned otherwise? Yeah, I mean, obviously it was, you know, a huge sort of game changer when, when the lockdown was announced back in March. I think, to be fair, I don't, maybe, you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing, isn't it? But I don't think we fully appreciated that that was really going to happen. Um, so when it did, it was like, wow, you know, um, and obviously our first thoughts were, well, we've got to keep our clients safe, we've got to keep our staff safe, and they have to feel supported. Um, and that was our main driver throughout. I mean, the, the sort of guidelines and the, the hygiene and things, we were really doing that anyway, you know, PPE, etc. Um, so it was just about stepping up and reminding people and you know making sure that they were absolutely following it to the letter which they all were um and um we worked very hard to make sure that we remained engaged with the staff throughout um and we would go out and deliver them little sort of presents of hand creams and chocolates and things like that just to keep people's morale up and just recognize what an acutely difficult job they were doing and you know let's not forget they had families at home and they were scared you know but they came out and still did the job and how have the i don't like calling them clients but i can't think of a better (laughs) word um how have your clients been I guess a lot of them were nervous too. Absolutely. But again, the feedback about the carers, you know, they they made them feel safe. They looked forward to their visits because, of course, when lockdown happened, a lot of them were then cut off from family because family couldn't visit in the way that, that they would have done previously. So for them, we were very much a lifeline to the outside world. We were doing extra things for them that maybe we hadn't done before, like shopping, like prescription collection, those sort of little things that are vital. Um, And, you know, they they all say that they just loved seeing the girls every day. Must have been a nice, I suspect lots of them looked forward to the visit of their carer arriving. Absolutely, even more than they might have done previously, yeah. And how was external support? Was the guidance good? (laughs) Yeah, the guidance was good. I guess our our biggest challenge to begin with was PPE, like Mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, I mean, it was just so difficult to acquire 
Um, and actually, my daughter um, was expecting at the time, so she had to go into to lockdown. Um, but her main job was to keep us supplied with PPE. And I have to say, she did an amazing job, um, you know, because that, that was probably the most stressful bit at the beginning. Yeah. Um, until we got into the groove, we, you know, Wiltshire Council were very supportive and got us access to to PPE supplies as quickly as they can, but they were struggling the same as as everyone else. But uh, I guess I guess it's kind of because you provide a service that they rely on as well. The yeah. council, yes, as much as as much as the people that you go and visit, it's kind of important that they're supporting you. I guess. Oh, absolutely, and you know they did. Yes. Fantastic. So let's bring this round to the second part of your life that we're going to talk about today. Okay. So you're a city councillor and have been a councillor locally since 2007. Yeah. You've also served the city as a mayor. Um, it's been a period that Salisbury's had some big, big challenges. Wow, haven't we? Yeah, <laughs> just a, we, just we've really been we're hit with a double whammy, haven't we? With, you know, obviously the um, the Novichok and then COVID. Um, and I think it's a testament really to the people of Salisbury that, you know, we've kept our spirits up and, uh, and kept going. I mean, obviously it's a difficult time and we're not out of the woods yet. And, you know, we all appreciate that the retail sector and the leisure centre have been, you know, I would suggest the hardest hit um and you know we we've um really got to work together to see how we can uh, get that moving again but it's you know it's not going to be an easy task and some some really tough decisions have been made locally by the council lately like not having the christmas market slash fair whichever it was going to be called this year yeah um no christmas light switch on no, no um charter fair really hard decisions to make i expect very difficult um, and it's hard when you then read that you know we're being uh, stooges and killjoys and things you know because all of these I think sometimes people forget that all of these decisions we make affects us as much as it affects them you know we all live in work in the city um, so you know we're we're going to miss those things too and you know they are difficult decisions but you know where do you draw the line between saying oh well let's just go ahead and do it all um, and get everything in place and potentially spend a lot of public money in setting them up to possibly at the last minute having to say well sorry we can't do it no really tricky decisions <laughs> yeah um how do you think salisbury as a individual city um will come out of the coronavirus do you think we'll come out fighting or do you think we've got that in us I do. I do think we will come out fighting. But, you know, that is the responsibility of everybody. You know, it's not just us, a few elected members, you know, on the council. You know, I, I have quite a big thing, Andy, about, you know, keyboard warriors. And, you know, it's easy to sit behind your desk and, and say, well, you know, people should be doing this and should be doing that. Well, you know, come on, let's have some suggestions. Let's have some positive suggestions about what we can do. We have to accept that the landscape of, of things like retail is changing, but actually it was changing before COVID, you know, with, with more online um, buying, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, you know, it, you can't just say, well, you want all the shops to stay. Well, OK, so you have to come out and use them. You know, I've, I've had lots of changes to the way that I shop over COVID and I've been much more, I would like to think, supportive of local businesses and making sure that, that I do my, my shopping locally as much as I can. 
And I appreciate it's different for everyone in terms of budgets and things, but I think everybody can do something. Um, with a non-political head on, we'll come back to the politics again in a minute because there's another question I want to ask you. Yeah, but of course. W- what would you like to see in Salisbury to, to help the recovery? Oh, gosh, that's a good one, isn't it? Um, I think I would like to to look at how we can improve certain parts of the city, which we are already looking at. You know, we, there's a, a thing um, where we're trying to improve the access from the, the railway station, for example, you know, to draw people down into the city um, and, you know, really look at, because there's quite a lot of offering down as you walk down Fisherton Street, but I think it kind of gets lost and, and people don't tend to go up there. So I think it's about bringing people into the different parts of the city and making them realise that it's not all just around the market square, to be honest. So kind of, because there is lots of focus on the market square, and rightly so, because it's a beautiful part of the Indeed. city, but there's there's other parts of the city that probably need events and and things happening yes. in, them, in them far more often. And to be fair, we were in the process of looking at that as, as we got hit with COVID. So yeah, absolutely. So coming, you were saying that um, keyboard worry is a big problem and <laughs> you want solutions rather than complaints. Mm. Um, is that what brought you into politics? Are you, were you pre- politically active and um, interested in politics before the decision to be a a counsellor or was it kind of something that no absolutely born out not. Of frustration it was well it was I was just asked really okay. if I would be interested and it was born out of I, I I personally feel that everyone has a I suppose um duty is is quite a strong word but we we do have this um duty to to contribute to our community in whatever way we can and that will be different for everybody but I feel that everyone can do something so was is, is, I've asked all the other councillors that we've had on the same question, and is being a councillor what you expected it to be? No. <laughs> Which is the same answer I always no. get. <laughs> and why not? Um, I think I learnt very quickly that, you know, you can't please all of the people all of the time. I think people are quick to misinterpret your intentions and, you know, very quick to blame you for everything. So hard, hard thing to do, but also rewarding sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean that, you know, uh, that, that does outweigh the negatives, obviously, otherwise I wouldn't still be doing it, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So let's move on to another part of your life. Um, You're a trustee with the Salisbury Hospice Charity. Yes. How did you become involved up at the hospice? Uh, So I was asked by somebody who was then a a trustee. Um, He felt that, uh, you know, I had something to offer in terms of supporting the hospice. Um, And also uh, within my business life, we do work quite closely, particularly with the hospice at home. So I know firsthand just what a brilliant service it is and how important it is that we maintain it. So lots of people will be aware of the hospice being being a thing. Yes. But may not fully understand what the hospice does. Obviously, it provides respite care. It does, Um, yeah as a residential thing but it does lots more than that oh absolutely um you know it it does provide respite it does provide people um with lots of other support things such as the day center 
Um, and and particularly, as I say, my particular kind of link is with the hospice at home and we have found their support absolutely invaluable when looking after people at end of life. Um, and they provide, you know, people that come in will do overnight care um, and you know support us with with what we're doing they do a brilliant job a really important charity not often forgotten under the shadow of the hospital's charity yes and that's that's our biggest challenge really is because we're not part of that and so we have to raise our own funds separately um and yeah that that can be difficult to to get across to people because in their head it's it's all one but it you know it isn't no and everyone I speak to about the hospice, because I've done some fundraising myself for them, mm. is that they always think that it's funded either mm. A, charitably, charitably by the Stars Appeal, or that they receive lots of money from the hospital. And yeah. That's just not the case. It's not. No, absolutely not. No. So, uh, you know, it's it's a big job to, to ensure that we carry on and obviously has posed us greater challenges this year. Okay, so let's let's bring this back round to Salisbury now. Okay. And Salisbury's got lots of hidden treasures, quiet places to reflect, and green places where you can either relax or or expend some energy. <laughs> um, what and where is your is your favourite place in Salisbury, and why? Okay, well, it's got to be the Cathedral Close, Sandy. I absolutely love it in there. It's peaceful. It's beautiful. Um, you know, people you you see people just enjoying the view of the cathedral or just sitting quietly and, and having a, a cup of coffee or whatever um, and uh, yeah, just enjoying the, the beautiful views that you have when you're in the cathedral close, all those beautiful old buildings and uh, yeah, it's just amazing. I love it. Do you think people change when they walk through the gates, either at the High Street or by the end of St. Anne Street? Do you think people... Um, they're kind of the way they are they change the moment they wake and they're a bit more calm and they're a bit more respectful and they're a bit more it, it people just kind of relax or they're not quite so het up about things and there's not a lot of noise in the close and 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 there can quite often be a lot of people there do you think the building has that calming effect on people i do i think there is just an air of calm isn't there as you walk towards the grass and it, yeah it everything is is just quieter it's it just feels like you're in a little cocoon almost yeah and mm. i i'm not sure what, what it is about the cathedral that just has that calming mm. calming effect it really does so Finally, we're going to turn you into a salesperson now at the end here. Um, and I'm going to ask you to sell Salisbury to a visitor. Um, if you can come up with one succinct line, that would be fantastic. But we do allow, allow a little bit of waffle. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, I think that uh, what makes Salisbury special is the people that are here. Um, I think we have a lovely array of, of small independent businesses. It's a place where you can come and meet friends. You can come for shopping. Um, and obviously under normal times that the, the um, culture offering is just incredible and I know it will be again so you should come and see it fantastic thank you Joe, for your time okay thank you thanks for listening again today join us again next week for another episode of the my Salisbury podcast <laughs>